that insatiable greed which is so often hidden under a pretense of public spirit and patriotism and gives rise to so many private quarrels. A blind and immoderate selfishness making men and women seek nothing but their own comfort and advantage and measure everything by these. So I have props this morning. I don't usually have sermon props, but this here is Henry. Uh, this, little, this little guy, he belongs. I'll prop him right up here, see if he wants to sit. Okay. Uh, he belongs to my youngest sister, Janae, who, uh, you know, is in her mid-50s. So, um, And when I started preparing this sermon this week and decided Henry should be a part of it, I set about describing him to you, but then I thought to myself, well, Janae surely still got Henry. So I checked with her and she said, oh yeah, he's around here somewhere, let me find him. Uh, and on Wednesday, my family was together at a, at a place for a birthday dinner, and my mom was there, all three of my sisters, and when Janae pulled Henry out of a paper bag, there was a kind of audible gasp among my, my siblings and myself, and mom held her hand over her heart. Uh, we all had a kind of emotional reaction to seeing Henry after not have, having seen him for a number of years, and you're likely thinking to yourself, you know, what is up with your family, Chad? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's the, 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 the stuffed dog is not all that impressive. If uh, you were close enough to look, you would see that his, his ears are not the same length for some reason, and he's kind of shabby and a little grubby. And, um, uh, but, but the thing is that um, uh, in a way that no one could quite understand, Janae, when we were little, uh, growing up, just loved this little rag doll of a stuffed animal. So when we were all little kids, when Janae ate, Henry was there next to her. When Janae slept, Henry was there next to her. Whenever we went anywhere, Henry had to come along. Love Janae, love Henry. It was a package deal. Other dolls and toys came and went, I'm sure, but Henry was kind of family. Uh, Lori and I finally made it down home, which is what we've always referred to in my family, to the farm down near Lanesboro and Preston. We were down there a few weeks ago, which seems like a lifetime ago, but if you remember, we had a, a stretch of 70-degree days there, and we went down to to ride the Root River bike trail and enjoy some of that weather. We know better in Minnesota to take those late fall days for granted. Uh, and it was beautiful down there. We went out to the, the old farm where my dad was born and raised and in the countryside outside of Lanesboro. I've mentioned how growing up, our family would often go down there and spend the weekend on the farm the way that a lot of folks in Minnesota have a cabin that they go to on the weekends. We went down to the farm. We had mini bikes and ponies and go-karts and the run of the pasture lands as our own kind of little kingdom. And the, the old farmhouse back then was always kept spotless by our parents and, 
and I can remember the smell of bacon and pancakes coming out of the, out of the, the cute little country kitchen and just the feeling of coziness being in that house. But boy, when we were down there just uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I stuck my head inside the kitchen door, that old kind of crumbling house. I don't know, if, did I get that picture to you or not, Nick? I, I snapped a picture on my phone, but uh, yeah, if you can see it there, I don't know if you can really get a, get a good look at it. But you know, the old house is kind of collapsing in on, on itself and the ceiling there in the kitchen is falling onto the floor and it's kind of stuck in time. You can still see the dishes and the cupboards and everything that was so familiar. And the same is true of the other buildings. The barn is kind of caving in, the granary has caved in, the garages, the corn cribs, you know, time marches on, doesn't it? Uh. Well, anyway, being a big brother, sometimes on our long rides down there to the farm on the weekends, when we were kids uh, in the back seat of the, of the Ford station wagon, uh, I would uh, sneak Henry away from uh, Janae where he was sitting next to her and I would take his, his snout there and I would squish it all the way into his head and then I would sneak him back over and sit him next to her and wait for her to start screaming and if it got bad enough, Dad would threaten to pull over. You know, that was always the looming threat. He was going to pull over, but uh, we knew that was never happening. I mean, he had to keep on schedule. And um, Now, uh, I'm sure when I was growing up, I had some favorite toys that were precious and cherished, but I don't have any of those things anymore. They've all since broken or worn out or were just lost and forgotten, but not Henry. Because Janae loved this stuffed animal with a love that made Henry precious. Not just to her, but made him precious to all of us. To anybody that loved Janae. Love Janae, love Henry. Package deal. I suppose Janae could take Henry to a doll hospital. They actually have such places. Uh, he could go through reconstructive surgery, you know, Botox, liposuction, I don't know what exactly they do in those places, so that after 50 years of living on the ragged edge, Henry could finally be as beautiful on the outside as he had always been in the eyes of my sister, who loved him. But the thing is, and the reason I have spent so much time on this shabby-looking little stuffed animal on Christ the King Sunday, is to point out a central truth of the precious Christian faith that we share. Janae didn't love Henry because Henry was beautiful. She loved Henry with a love that made Henry precious and beautiful. Today is Christ the King Sunday, and as Katie was sharing with the children, nothing symbolizes the kind of king that Jesus is better than the love that Jesus shows to the world from the cross. With the festival of, festival of Christ the King, as I said, we now come to the end of another pilgrimage through the Christian year, which begins again next week with the first Sunday of Advent. Almost hard to imagine. As far as liturgical festivals go, Christ the King is a relatively new one. I mean, when we compare it to uh, Whit Sunday and Christmas and Easter and, and, and the others, Pentecost, 
This special Sunday was instituted just in 1925 by Pope Pius XI. And the social issues of the day that the church was concerned about in the 20s and the 30s when this festival began to be celebrated are not that different, I think, from what we face in our world today. Listen to a few of the concerns that Pope Pius listed in the encyclical establishing the festival day for Christ the King. I like to hear just a piece of it each time this festival rolls around. Pope Pius wrote, The seeds of discord have been sown far and wide. Those bitter enmities and rivalries between nations which still hinder so much the cause of peace. That insatiable greed which is so often hidden under a pretense of public spirit and patriotism and gives rise to so many private quarrels. A blind and immoderate selfishness making men and women seek nothing but their own comfort and advantage and measure everything by these. No peace in the home because men and women have forgotten or neglected their duty. The unity and stability of the family undermines society in a word shaken to its foundations and on the way to ruin. I know a lot of people who are feeling like this is a description that could have come from this morning's newspaper. Society shaken to its foundations. Jesus said there is this other kingdom. We might call it the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. This is marked by another kind of love and a different kind of king. This earthly realm so often feels out of whack. It changes and decays and seems to favor some and leave others behind. It can wear you down, if not just wear you out. We're reminded that when we look around this room or wherever we happen to be this morning, we are looking at a number of rag dolls, some worn down stuffed animals as time marches on. No matter what we do or how high we climb, we can never quite escape this sense of, of running down, of wearing out. The prophet Isaiah writes, all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind our sins sweep us away. Jesus is the king who loves the ragged people who often get ignored, if not abused, by the power structures of this world. We've followed him through 26 Sundays of Pentecost and watched how he included these people, engaged them, touched them even, forgave them, included them, restored them, healed them. That's what finally got him into so much trouble. He was accused of being a friend of sinners. And he left no doubt that we are called to this same kind of love. Just as you do it to the least of these, you do unto me. Jesus says, love me, love my ragdolls. 
It's a package deal. It is the love of Christ, the King, that makes you worthy, not your worthiness that makes Him love you. Our reading from Colossians says, God has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. It is not your worthiness, your goodness, your lovability, your skills or gifts or anything else that makes you precious and beloved in this world. It is the love of God through Christ that makes you beautiful and precious, not only to God, but to, to the world in which you are sent. I can remember uh, on more than one occasion our family having loaded up the whole Ford station wagon and already well on our way down to the farm for a weekend when Janae screamed she had forgotten Henry and we, we all knew, no sense arguing about it, we've got to turn around and go all the way back to get Henry or the whole weekend would be a disaster. You don't leave Henry behind. Now there's nothing about Henry that lends himself uh, to being in such, held in such high esteem other than the fact that um, he was and is uh, cherished and precious in our family because of the love of my little sister, Janae. Uh, and on this Christ the King Sunday, you held out your hand, uh, shabby though some parts of your life may be, uh, and with some doubts and trepidation and fear and anguish perhaps and grieving and celebrating all of it, the whole mix, you held out your hand. And Christ the King said, this is my body given for you. You take this into yourself. There is no leaving you behind. Where I am, you will be also. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sin. Because my love makes you precious in my sight, in God's sight, and in the sight of the world in which we are now sent. And that's important. The, there, is, there is a reason that God sends his precious children out into the world so that the world might know the love of God in Christ. Christ the King Sunday. Now we turn toward Advent and move into a new church year together, but we do so as loved, chosen, and forgiven children of God. So, we go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.